0: 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bigly Blast. The NBA is taking a lot of heat following the one-year suspension of Robert Sarver. Many believe Adam Silver traded brains with Roger Goodell that the NBA is acting just like the NFL, a league that gives slaps on the wrist to some, slaps in the face to others. Truth is, it's very hard for a commissioner to make an owner sell his property, even if that owner is in bad standing with the league. The NBA knew Sarver's lawyers could use the legal process to get every inappropriate joke and comment from every owner into the public record to show Sarver was being held to a different standard and clearly the NBA did not like the look of that. Truth is extremely wealthy people have resources to hire very expensive attorneys to help them protect their property and if you read the statement from Robert Sarver you can almost hear his lawyers taking a victory lap. But the public pressure is another matter and what comes next will determine where this story is going. If the NBA Players Association bands together against Sarver, or if the city of Phoenix, a partner in Footprint Center, condemns Sarver, or if Chris Paul and Devin Booker decide to stage their own protest, it then becomes a question of just how far and how long Sarver wants to fight this battle. Now, Major League Baseball once suspended Marge Schott for a year. They suspended her again, and that finally compelled her to sell. So there's that in the end this story is sad it's awful for the victims who feel abused by the owner and the process but this story is not over Alright, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations and one great experience. Find them online at chapmanbmw.com.
1: People are going to expect you know, further explanation from Adam Silver. Uh, the league has, has their Board of Governor meetings. The next couple days, the owners are in New York. Uh, Adam Silver probably like, usually speaks at the end uh, of those Board of Governor uh, meetings, and I think, sir, There will be more questions uh, about uh, the league's findings and and why there was not a move to uh, essentially push Robert Sarver out of the league. But for now, one year, $10 million. Yeah, he said for now there, Adrian Wojnarowski, uh,
2: that's uh, from ESPN's NBA Today. He also did say this uh, on answer, the league having to answer questions on why it wasn't a more stiff penalty, why it didn't include maybe him you know, forfeiting control of the Phoenix Suns, and here was Woj's exp- explanation on that.
1: Getting a three-quarter vote of league owners, uh, of, the, of the Board of Governors, uh, to force an owner to sell is difficult, even if they condemn... What Robert Sarver has said, even if they don't like him personally, don't like how he does business, how he represents the league, and there's certainly, uh, and I think Mark Cuban talked about this back with Donald Sterling, the slippery slope of uh, of other owners feeling like they become targets. Uh, to lose their teams, maybe not in similar circumstances, or having don- done or said the things Robert Sauber said, said uh, but the feeling like that they've all become vulnerable at that point, and so I do think that makes it hard for Adam Silver to think he could get uh, again three quarters of the league's owners to sell. But he's not putting them. In that position. Yeah, we don't. I mean, there's
2: been reports over the years that, hey, Robert Sarver's unpopular among his peers in the yeah. ownership group in the NBA. We yeah. don't know how much, and I think Woj hits on something there is, uh, once you do this, you're kind of opening yourself up to, to, uh, you, know, you know, criticism of, of your own operation. Uh, Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks, they went through this in 2018 when Sports Illustrated. They did a very thorough, exhaustive uh, investigation into the workplace culture there. And there were similarities. There was a lot of differences. The the result was similar financially, a $10 million fine. The Mavericks paid a $10 million fine. Robert Sarver will, will pay. But there was no suspension. Mark Cuban no. was just basically unaware of the culture that was happening under his ownership, where as opposed to this, Robert Sarver was was involved and was the reason for the investigation. Yes. And, and so, yeah, a couple things about this, too.
0: It's so. In the interim, uh, the the Suns have got to get an alternate governor, somebody who is going to run the basketball team. Now, uh, will Robert Sarver actually have a voice in that process? That that remains to be seen. I I don't know what the N, what the NBA feels about this, but I do know this. I do know from some of the sources I've had in this thing that that Adam Silver was beyond the pale based on that video. That Robert Sarver delivered at an at a eulogy in which he told a lot of inappropriate stories and said a lot of inappropriate things. And, and yet at the same time, that that is very symbolic of the overall issue here, because you could look at that video and just and be thoroughly disgusted. But Robert Sarver could say, look, I, it was I was the widow knew I was going to do this. I was making fun of it. okay, did I cross a line maybe sorry yeah that's this is it's emblematic of the entire
2: thing and was that under the purview of his stewardship of, of being an NBA owner now it's, if, if that video it, because apparently this investigation involved the viewing of fifty one employee meetings yeah if that same Uh, Speech was delivered in one of those meetings. I think we'd be having a different discussion, much different discussion. And so and again, the bottom
0: line here, and this is this is a hard thing for people who want justice to accept because it really speaks to this country's lack of critical thinking. It's it's the fact that, you know, you, you take a look at other instances. Donald Sterling was caught on tape and he doubled down on tape. There was no mistaking his intent When he spoke and caught on tape, Uh, the Ray Rice situation caught on video, John Gruden exposed via emails here. It was collective testimony, powerful testimony, many, many cases to the point where you can't argue the true nature of it all yet that that's not considered a smoking gun that doesn't get people's outrage
3: to the level that those other things do. Well, part of the report people have a problem with also is he said racist and misogynistic things without racist and misogynistic intent.
4: Right. Right. I have that line in front of me. The investigation makes no finding that Sarver's conduct was motivated by racial or gender based animus. Then why do you behave this way? What is the explanation for that? I don't get it. Lawyering. That's the
0: explanation for it. That is exactly it. If you go and read the statement um, from Robert Sarber's representatives above Robert Sarber's statement, Mm -hmm. you can see them practically gloating over, they found nothing. After
4: reviewing all of this, there is nothing. I have that statement, too, if you want me to read it. Go ahead. Okay. From his legal representatives, the NBA's independent investigation confirmed that none of Sarver's actions or comments were based on racist, prejudiced, or misogynistic intent. These findings came after hundreds of witness interviews and the review of thousands of documents, including 18 years of Sarver's emails Mm -hmm. and personal text messages. The league confirmed there was no evidence whatsoever to support several of the accusations in the story, da-da-da-da-da, and, oh, yeah, We've made some cultural changes at the Suns uh, that only happened because you knew the story was coming. was my input. But. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Hey, listen, that's I mean, that's, not out of the goodness I, of no, your heart.
0: No, I, yeah, I think that's pretty I think that's pretty self-evident as well. Um, and, and so the question now becomes, like I said, if I, I've got a source who tells me that the NBA PA might do something. What what that is, I have no idea. What they could do, I have no idea. That's the
2: next series of questions: yeah. the players' association, the players on this team, the employees in the building, you know, the 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 partners and the ownership group. Uh, how do they all react to this? Uh, will there be a reaction? I still think it is out there. And if there is, what is it? Um, you know that, that Adrian Wojnarowski pinpointed a, a three quarters vote of the NBA's sitting owners. That that's hard to get. Um, if you want to force Robert Sarver out. But inside the Sun's operation... It appeared there were some cracks in the partnership of the ownership group there during this investigation. There yeah, so, that, there's no doubt about that. How much do those cracks spread with, with this news?
0: Yeah, and the most notable one, of course, was James Najafi, who at one point in time, you know, he was seen courtside with Colin Kaepernick, and he obviously did not approve of of Robert Sarber's actions. In some, here's another question. So, the, so the NBA's got to install somebody, and there's issues like, oh, I don't know. Payroll? How much are we spending? What are we doing about Kevin Durant if he becomes available? But here's the thing. If they install um, a replacing governor, and they will, and the Suns go on and win a championship, and everybody here loves the vibe of whoever that new owner happens to be, what does that do to the story? Does Do the partners then go, we're not welcoming Robert back? No way.
2: Who, that, that's why I'm saying that there's a lot of forks in this road going forward. Oh, yeah. I think you're totally right. You can text your thoughts on it to the FanDuel Text Line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, we know week one was tough for the Arizona Cardinals. Week two, also pretty tough as they go on the road to take on the Raiders. We'll get into that and more next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios here on 987 FM Arizona Sports Station.
3: Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings,
0: 987 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. No, oh, they're, they're really good. I mean, the, the skill is tremendous. Some of the best players in the league, tight end, running back, receiver, and then Josh McDaniels. I know them really well. and um, One of the smartest offensive minds I've ever been around or, or um, known, and, and so it'll be, it'll be a huge challenge.
2: That is Cliff Kingsbury on Monday. Looking ahead to Sunday's opponent, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Las Vegas Raiders mm. will host the Cardinals. I still expect there to be a good number of Cardinals fans there. Easy drive. Easy drive. Make a weekend out of it. Watch some college football on the strip at some of the sports books. Hit Allegiant Stadium. Still get home in time for work on Monday because it's such a short trip.
3: Let's all go. Let's do it. I'm busy. Oh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Yeah, but the the point being, they just ran into a buzzsaw of an offense in Kansas City. And this is not much of a let-up. No. The Las Vegas Raiders, you heard it, Josh McDaniels at the helm, very good offensive mind, and they do have a lot of talent. And a team, also big that is coming off a loss, they don't want to go 0-2. Nobody wants to start the season 0-2. If you do, you'll diminish it. It's not that big a deal. Plenty of football left to be played, but... Within the walls of those uh, you know, those facilities around the league of 0-1 teams, nobody wants to start 0-2. Yeah,
0: listen, I, I, the really good teams in the NFL don't start 0-2 because if you lose that first game, it, it really... Parks, a commensurate reaction and you, te- and you end up winning that second game if you've got a quality team. And that that's really, I think, going to be what is the next um, stage in all of this, because if if this has been an issue of focus and attention and practice habits and not re- having reps and having communication issues and not gelling because of what was the off season strategy. OK, they've looked at all in the face. And they've realized okay, we gotta be better across the board. With that requisite urgency, is there enough talent on this football team to win? Have opposing defenses really kind of gotten their arms around Cliff Kingsbury's offense and Kyler Murray's a quarterback? That's a real fear. Or at least it should be a real fear. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you start looking back at the most recent games, there is there's reason to doubt. There's uh, the the offense doesn't look formidable.
2: Yeah. Um, Cliff Kingsbury talked about the subject of playmakers on his offense Monday as well. We have a bunch of playmakers, and, and we should be able to be playing at a high level very quickly. Uh, I, we we didn't yesterday. There's no doubt. Um, after watching the film,
0: had some things, and um, just have to be cleaner. But you, you get playmakers like that, that you know, playing the full game, and Rondell and um, Hollywood more comfortable. Got to get AJ more involved. Yeah, I feel like we can we can get going on that side of the ball pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, I, I po- posed this to you earlier in one of the commercial breaks, Pick, and, and you kind of hit on it there. Um, There's playmakers obviously, I don't disagree with the assertion that that Cliff Kingsbury just just offered there. There's plenty of playmakers on this Cardinals Mm -hmm. offense, from quarterback to all the skill positions, even when they're shorthanded without DeAndre Hopkins. But is the offense, did we see it last year when DeAndre Hopkins went out, did they become too reliant on the playmakers and less reliant on a scheme that's hard to keep up with? I, I think that's a pretty apt question right now. Yeah, that's, because we're talking about a 7 game span and so this exactly offense is right. pretty pedestrian.
0: That's exactly right. And and you would really think that for all that for all that Cliff Kingsbury brought to the table in terms of reputation as a play designer, offense creator, we'd have something a little more lasting, a little more systemic because Vinny's absolutely right. This has been this offense has too often recently been about individual talents and off-schedule plays. It's not been systemic at all.
3: And that, that answer about, you had the entire offseason knowing you were going to this first game, probably going to have to be a shootout, mm-hmm. and you were going to play without DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. And for him to answer, like, Hollywood Brown will be a little more comfortable this week, and we have to figure out a way to get A.J. Green involved. Yeah. How are those two things that were not priorities in game one. And and why do the same
0: same explanations keep recurring and recurring and recurring? I, listen, I'm with you. I'm completely with you on that. And, and that is that's one of the things that I think uh, I, I'm looking at here. This I, I, I'm very alarmed that for an alleged offensive guru, these opening drives don't look crisp and clean. And you would think at the very least you could script 12 to 15 plays that are going to blow the doors off a of defense. And that defense might recover. But I see it all over the nfl even with just okay teams or how
3: about the opening drive out of the half when you needed to do something coming out of the half because you, you went into the half yeah. down yeah listen so I, I i think this is a
0: tremendously important week not just for the standings because the standings uh, you can actually find comfort in the standings because they're only oh and one and they lost a game everyone assumed they were going to lose anyways so the what of it is is it's you're okay with that it's how they got there and what does that – what is that going to mean this weekend in Las Vegas? Because you would think that for a team that strangely struggles so mightily with urgency and and focus that that this should have everybody's attention because – yeah. 0-2, yeah, oh it, would, it would get very loud around here.
2: Yeah. Or very quiet. I'm not sure which. And I, I agree. Right now, you can take solace in the standings. We had a lousy first week. We're in the same boat as two other teams in our division right now. And the team that expect, everybody expects to be and also ran or mediocre at best is, is the team in first place right now. But... You know, the Cardinals with a tough Week 2 game. The Rams have the Falcons at home. That should be a win for them. That should be a chance for the Rams to right all the wrongs that they had in, in their game against Buffalo last Thursday. Uh, we got our first division game in, in Santa Clara. The 49ers are hosting Seattle. I don't know what to expect in that game after Week 1 now. Seattle, I think they have a talent deficiency. They played hard. They played really hard, especially they on did. the defensive side. They, and they did. Smith was serviceable and i think you got another week of growing questions with with uh, with, with Trey Lance a quarterback yeah, yeah these the, he will won't be playing in the rain probably i'm telling you listen part of the reason i was
0: in such a foul mood on tuesday is what i saw in seattle that night was was belief and connectivity and belief of the team and belief of the fans uh, at where the, where the leaders were taking the team even though they're stuck with a a, a dime store quarterback and and that to me sort of illustrated what's kind of chunked away and what's been been lost here in Arizona, and and its belief, its belief on the inside, its belief on the outside, and and it, and and for this football team, if this football team is really that daffy, that that the Chiefs caught them by surprise, that oh I didn't know it was going to look like that. Mm-hmm. How dare you come at us like that? We're not ready for this. That that's the kind of stuff that really can shake your faith. Because if if that's the makeup of your football team, what's the ceiling of a football team like that?
2: ain't very high I'll tell you that. And is that, you know, is that mindset changeable? We keep well, hearing everything that happened on Sunday is fixable. Uh, is that mindset fixable? Yeah, these I, I think
0: that I think the offense is going to have their work cut out for them. There's a couple of really good pass rushers on Oakland and and I think that you know, you look at offensively at what the at what the Raiders are going to throw at the Cardinals, there's not going to be a whole lot of relief. You're you're facing less quarterback, but but you're they got a
2: really good host of skill players. Oh yeah, but uh, focusing on defense as well. I mean, Chandler Jones didn't do much in his first game as a raider. You mm-hmm. don't think he's got a chip on his shoulder that's, and maybe wants yeah. to make a make a point. Max Crosby is a wrecking machine. Yeah, and and not only that, Max Crosby is not
0: only excellent at rushing the quarterback, he's really good at the run game as well. Yeah. And not a lot of edge rushers do both. Yeah, So that's yeah, those are formidable formidable pieces. Because they're coming at Kyler Murray. And we know how Kyler waffles based on the protection he feels on a week to week basis. Mm -hmm.
2: Coming up next, uh, Bick mentioned a lot of tentacles still to be explored in this Robert Sarver, Sons, and suspension story. We'll get into some of those tentacles with Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider next. It's Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. Murata mornings on this Wednesday, live from the Ok Chin Community Studios, taking you up till ten o'clock. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell Jarrett Carlin uh, attempting to get in touch with come a on Mark, Jared. who was just on hold. And then he get fo- on your game, he, Jared. He drops whatever game that is, Jared. I don't know. I don't. I, 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 <laughs> everything that's happened today, I don't think yeah. any of it's been Jared's fault. Thank you to all the listeners
0: who've shown us all the love. We're getting a lot of gloss on social media. We appreciate that. Are we? Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't <laughs> You only see you only see the trolls, Vinny. Look over the trolls. The trolls are under the bridge. Look over the bridge. But to the bright, s- sunny. Horizon. So
4: many. <laughs> so, <laughs> so many trolls. So many trolls. <laughs> It's like a Justin Timberlake movie Identic. over here. I think the
2: trolls are louder. That's all, that's <laughs> all I'm indeed. saying. <laughs> like those tweets come in on, on bold. Uh huh. Yeah. The much yeah. bigger font With size. With a
4: screech. Mm-hmm.
2: Right,
3: exactly. Okay.
4: Exactly. That's absolutely true. Do we have them? No. No, that's great. What do you guys want to talk about?
3: He uh, about- <laughs> had a family emergency that just who just called me. Oh, okay, no. I'll I'll explain off the air, but no, you don't have to. Yeah, that's fine. That's that no, that, 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 uh, that
0: tends that does tend hope, to happen. Hope everything's okay. Yeah. 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 So so again, so we're all kind of waiting to see what is next in this story. The NBA, um, I, I I don't know if Adam Silver is going to speak on this. I think he's going to. Yes, because he has been. You know, the the NBA has been very very uh, roundly criticized. Yep. In in this instance, and again, it's, it's a lot of it is a lot of national writers do, don't have much love for Robert Sarver. You wonder, you wonder about other things too. Now, you, you wonder about does this change the way Phoenix looks as a destination franchise? Does it change? Would it change Kevin Durant's viewpoint? I don't think so. I think the I think the basketball culture as it is, uh, even as even as wonky as the chemistry is on the team, I think the GM coach leader portion of it all is pretty strong. Do we hear from the GM and
4: coach portion of the Phoenix I, I, Suns? I'm
0: curious about the GM portion because James Jones is one of the guys that came out and said this is not the Robert I know. And yeah. again, and it, and it I think that's a perfectly I think that's a perfectly acceptable explanation back when the when the investigation came out before the details came out B- right before the NBA investigation was published when it was an ESPN story mm-hmm. and Robert Sarver was taking issue with it and saying this is not true. This is misleading. This is agenda driven. This is old news. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Inaccurate and misleading. Yeah, right. it Inac- that's it. Inaccurate and misleading. So, yeah. you, you, so if at that point in time you're hearing the owner say that and you've not witnessed any of this conduct, I think that's perfectly um, reasonable to say. But now, but now if you're, you're shielding yourself from reality of it. Yeah. If you look at this investigation because the true nature of it all is right there and that which is why Adam Silver put this thing online something Roger Goodell would never do could you imagine if if we had that kind of report online about Daniel Snyder and what we might We were supposed to right right yeah. exactly so i so i think i think there's there's that element of it all that's that's sort of in play here as well so he's going to have to talk about it but again yeah. it's i think it's fairly clear that the other governors in the NBA Mm, th- th- it's not a path they want to go down.
2: I don't yeah. think so either. To to answer the question too, do you hear from James Jones, Monty Williams? I don't think that happens before media day. No, I agree. And that's 12 days away, September 26, 2 weeks from 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 last Monday. Mm-hmm. Um we've talked so much about, yeah, you know, what's the next move? Is there a next move? It seems logical for something else to bubble up in, in all of this in terms of reaction. Well, let me say, let me I'm sorry to interrupt you, but let me let me just say this. Okay. Uh Jamal
0: Jamal Crawford? Jamal Crawford and James Jones are good friends. If Jamal Crawford comes out and, and texts what he d- d- did yesterday, Sterling 2.0, does that foster a conversation? But I, I I don't know. I mean, Jamal Crawford? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. The, the phone. Um,
2: okay. Here's where uh, we talk about the cryptic nature of athletes on social right. media. Jamal Crawford is trying to say something there. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Crawford... Who was it that came out and said uh, that he believes that Jamal Crawford's in the group that's been blackballed by the NBA? J.R. Smith, was it? J.R. Smith said something to that effect. Okay. whole group of players that he believes been blackballed by the NBA. What did Jamal Crawford do? Am I, why, uh, am I being than, ignorant him? Other than being 42 years old, like, why doesn't he have a job? He's he's 42 years old. Right, he still play basketball. Absolutely. Right. Um, come out and say it. Matt Barnes has long been a critic mm-hmm. critic of Robert Sarver and he disagreed with with the punishment that was handed out that's one thing that we we did not experience in this investigation. Baxter Holmes did his own investigation, and I think talked to a lot of the same people that the law firm that conducted the investigation did. Um, I, I think that's clear when you read the forty-three page report, right? But that the report also indicated there were former employees that were not contacted that stepped forward to offer their own stories. Yeah, um, you know, if a former player is disgruntled right now, and and Matt Barnes in twenty nineteen. Went, uh, went public and said he believes that Robert Sarver is the worst owner in sports. Yeah. He played under under a Phoenix Suns team owned by Robert Sarver. Can't find the tweet now. It's deleted. There's very little in terms of specifics. There's a lot of adjectives being thrown around. I'm just saying.
0: Well, I just I think in the case of Jamal Crawford that 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 is something that you I would like to hear more from or about, and you wonder if there's more of that coming because that's a well, that's a heavy thing to say for a guy that has got a very good reputation yes, in basketball. Wasn't, Matt Barnes doesn't have a good reputation in basketball.
2: You and wonder if it's kind of all over the place. You're right, but uh, J- J- Jamal Crawford was part of that Clippers team too, if I if, if memory serves, when they went through the Sterling is that situation.
3: Right? Yeah, was he the sixth man there? Was it, how many what, years was he in Phoenix, Jamal Crawford? One, Jam- no, one, one, one season. just one season. It was only one season. Wow. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, you also wonder, was Crawford saying that Sarver is Sterling 2.0 or the situation is like Donald yeah, the Donald again, Sterling there's, there's situation? You have to do some interpretation. That's the right. closest thing that we have to an active player uh, reacting was, was Jay Crowder who I assume this is what he was reacting to but right when the when the story came out when the ruling came out he just did wow with five exclamation points right and the exploding head emoji yeah mm-hmm. and so what does that mean who knows
0: the, the cryptic guess, nature of it all. Yeah. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. It's, it, so uh, I'll be real curious because, like I said, there's a little it, – it's bubbling a little bit. It's bubbling a little bit among NBA types, whether it's Richard Jefferson, Matt Barnes. And, and because, it, like, for instance, it, that was one of the takeaways yesterday. In all the reporting of the Robert Sarver story, one of the bullet point headlines was Sar- uh, findings find he used the N-word at least five times. Mm-hmm. Full stop. So, does that get the attention of the NBA PA regardless of what of what the context of that happened to be mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. and, and so is that what they would is that something that the players association would rally around uh, i i think it's I think it's fair to say that that Adam Silver is not happy with the way this thing ended I think that explains why it took so long um, I think that you know it's just it's a legal battle that I don't think the NBA thought they were going to win or could win or wanted to deal with the collateral costs involved of of pursuing that. And so it's so they're probably just now going to rely on the forces of external pressure to to dictate where this whole thing is going. Hmm. And that's that's going to be curious, because, you know, how does Robert Sarver interpret all of that? Yeah. You know, it's it's listen, Robert's a headstrong guy. Who who knows? Who thinks he knows pretty much everything? I mean, he's the mm-hmm. kind of guy that you know is teaching DeAndre Ayton how to box out in the hallway, famously. <laughs> right. So connects his with Elliot yeah, y- y- You can't tell him a whole lot of things, and and so there there going to be there's going to be stipulations involved here. And as as a one year suspension, you can have no contact. You can't have any business dealings. Can he can he live by? Can he live in those guardrails, with those guardrails up?
2: Yeah, I, I think. That's, who knows? I mean, that's. That That's actually a pretty meaty question. It is. Yeah. Because once you're faced with the reality of, I'm away from what I do for wait, a living I can't for, even, for a year. Right. I can't yeah. even walk into that building. And, uh, Does
4: that mean Buck Bo- can't wait shoot minute. hoops at his house anymore? Wait a minute, They're
0: spending how much money? I'm not tolerating this. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I mean, so all these things, I think. A, Does he think he can get around that? Well, inter- that would be approach, right? pretty dangerous. One. You know, and, and then it's, it's, there's, I, I've seen a lot of people wonder exactly what kind of guy would you get a year from now? When he comes back, would he mm-hmm. would he be changed or would he be defiant and would it be the same thing all over again? Or even and, more bitter
2: about the whole situation. Or maybe even bitter about the whole thing. Year.
0: After
4: 18 how, how, years, we can't expect that he'll change. And,
0: and, and if the, uh, the, yes, that's perfectly reasonable. And then for the conspiracy theorists and people who don't like NBA officials, I don't know who that would be, but people who don't like NBA officials, how is this going to manifest itself in what the Suns experience? Yeah. Now, again, I don't mean to go down that conspiratorial lane, but... There are people who have said the referees have lashed out at the Suns to lash out at Robert
2: Sarver in the past. Yeah, you can get further proof of that on uh, Netflix with the new <laughs> Tim Donaghy uh, documentary. Come on, I was trying Almost. to
0: goad you in this conversation, which I didn't still he?
2: can't get through, by the way. Every time I try to watch it, I get bored and I fall asleep. <laughs> Should, I should not have that reaction. Well, no, it should you, get your blood boiling. But, right. Uh, coming up next, uh, if you were hoping the Arizona Cardinals week two injury report to start the week would be a little bit shorter, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, actually, I do. We'll tell you about it next. Pickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station.
4: Yeah.
2: And Pickley and Murata Yeah, Cardinals back out on the practice field today. And take this as you will. Some of them are back. Could up. be bad news. All right. Could be uh, veterans' days off. But mm-hmm. uh, Darren Urban from uh, azcardinals.com. In the open part of Cardinals practice, not working were the following Zach Ertz, Andy Isabella, Rondale Moore, Rodney Hudson, Kelvin Beecham, J.J. Watt. And Jalen Thompson. Oh, no. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen was participating. I oh, did good. not have a note on Justin Pugh just yet. Okay. Um, look, some of those are not going to, uh, I'm not going to buy into the veterans' days off. J.J. Watt didn't play last week. Zach Ertz has been banged up. Rodney Hudson, right. probably a, a day off. Calvin Beecham wasn't on the injury report last week, nor was Andy Isabella. And we know what Rondell Moore's dealing with. Yeah.
0: Is this I not mean great. I,
2: yeah, I, I hate great. to even put it out there but I think it is already out there in the ether. Is this going to be one of those years where just you get no breaks injury injury wise. We see teams go through this from time to time. The San Francisco 49ers dealt with it 2 years ago and and maybe the most extreme way we've ever seen. Is it just going to be one of those years? It's been it's
0: been drama after drama after drama. In fact, the latest drama involves Andy Reid. You know that guy, Jared. You ever seen this guy? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Andy Reid took issue with the Cardinals' field, even though the Cardinals' field. Is generally regarded the best in the national football. League. Yes, right at the top of the list.
1: Well, they they resoldered it, which is, that's a good thing because they they practice in there. But it, it was a little bit loose. Well, that's what happens. You know, sometimes when you resot it, it's loose. And I mean, listen, it it, it it was part of the Bucker injury and and McDuffie injury. I mean, that's unfortunately that was that was part of it just the the turf picked up and and um you know so i, I would tell you that yeah, that that did have something to do with it if it did not tell you that too so it's not an excuse by any means but uh i mean you all can see it when you watch watch the tape
2: the turf doctor andy reed um Harrison, but I mean, I think the Cardinals should probably send a bill uh, to Harrison Butker for replacing the damage he did <laughs> with the divot he took up. That's that a good kickoff. point.
0: That's a good point. He did more damage to the turf than I do on a golf course. Hell. <laughs> so but you and I were sitting next to each other at the game. And, and so we were right, literally right behind Harrison Butker as he kicked off. He, I I have never seen a soccer style kicker come from such a wide left angle. He, yeah, he was well, and he takes like a, a quarter mile of a run too. It's it's a real bizarre approach that is rife with peril, and I think that's what he needs to be, that they need to be focusing on. I did not know this, but Harrison Bucker did the same thing in Denver on the field in Denver. So, uh, did Andy Reid complain about that? Maybe. Have you seen this guy, Andy
3: Reid, Jarrett? I saw him for the first. I finally got a widescreen TV. I was able to see him. For the is he first so you <laughs> finally got it? Okay, good. Uh, yeah. Mark
2: Dalton from the uh, Cards communication team uh, responded to uh, Pro Football Talk, who, uh, the, the, and the text said the entire field was replaced Monday, August 22nd, the day after the last home preseason game versus Baltimore, so it had almost three full weeks before the Week 1 game versus Kansas City. That's more than enough time for the Tiffway Bermuda 419 <laughs> hybrid sod to take root, especially in 109 degrees and abundant sunshine. The field at State Farm Stadium is routinely r- routinely ranked among the best, if not the best, among NFL players players including in surveys conducted by the NFLPA like all fields the surface at State Farm Stadium undergoes the NFL's required testing and certification process both before and after games Sunday it not only met but exceeded those standards that's a pretty complete uh rebuttal of what Savage even yeah and if it's not an excuse then why are you bringing it up well, Man, we only won by 23.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, and and that, that to me, I agree with that. And I I didn't think Andy Reid was kind of I I didn't know he was that kind of guy. You know what I mean? That uh, that, that to me does that that just seems to be a little detached from reality. Because again, that for for whatever complaints you might have about the Cardinals, they're they're playing surface is not one
2: of them. Yes. And you know, there might be a little bit of uh, foreshadowing on Andy Reid's part because you know there's a certain game in February that's going to be played in that stadium and they want to be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's interesting. They're by the way,
0: they're playing again tomorrow night. Yeah, Chiefs That's Chargers. That's a
2: huge game. That's a great Thursday night If you're night a matchup. Chiefs fan, you're probably happy you weren't, your team wasn't really tested in week one. Yeah, um, and Patrick Mahomes also has been clear. That wrist injury, mm-hmm. he had a he hurt his wrist on the first touchdown pass. Yep. And we noticed it too, and, and people probably did. I turned to you at one point in the game and I said, did Patrick Mahomes just do that <laughs> right-handed, back-handed uh, Kurt handoff? Kurt Warner made yep. famous once uh-huh. upon a time, and, yep. and he was. He wasn't really using the, uh, the, the left wrist at all. Which, he
0: jammed it. Yeah, he, he jammed it on that Marcus Golden hit very early in the game, and yeah. he landed back, and he used his hand to cushion his fall. Yeah. All right? Yeah. But he's, he's fine. That's how skateboarders always break
2: their wrists, man. Or really bad snowboarders like me. Oh, did that happen to you? <laughs> it was
3: going to if I fell one more time. <laughs> uh, I've never been snowboarding. Oh. I've I only went skiing for the first time a couple years ago.
4: Mm. How'd your ACLs do?
3: I was excellent. Good. I'm a natural. Uh, I but was, i don't think i have the balance for snowboarding
2: i was the most unnatural snowboarder ever
3: excellent <laughs> i'm a, a natural athlete
4: my first time snowboarding i broke my tailbone oh
3: no really oh. yeah just from the hard enough fall
4: yeah, i got I, 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 I yes i had to halfway through the
2: day i went up with a group of friends um, and we were we were actually getting lessons at uh, telluride and I said, I, I was like, I gotta, I gotta tap out. If I fall one more time, I'm gonna break something. Yeah, that's how often I was falling. <laughs> I got to and sit. Not, I a was little... on these like major runs either. It just didn't, it didn't register with me.
4: Yeah, I got to take a little inflatable donut pillow to high school with me to sit uh. on for like six months <laughs> yeah. or six weeks I'm sure rather. The kids were very understanding. Everyone was very kind and, and didn't cool make about fun it. Yeah, of you, definitely not. I've got the
0: all-time skiing wipeout accident, but I think I've told you that story before, so I won't bore you. Mark no. Curtis is my witness. We were, we went skiing on a day off during the Olympics. The Olympics were in Salt Lake City. NBC being the host of the Olympics, they gave their employees, "Hey, on the day off, want to come take a." Come take a day on the slope. So we did. And we went on one of these really elaborate black diamond kind of right, right? And everything is going great for me. But I'm getting near the bottom quadrant of the mountain. And I'm kind of, I'm starting to get a little wobbly. My legs are getting a little jelloey, right? And I'm picking up speed and I'm like getting a little freaked out. This guy is snow plowing across, traversing the mountain right in my path. Doesn't even see me coming. I scream at him. I clip his ski with my ski and I'm going pretty fast then that got me going like a teeter totter on one left leg on one right leg <laughs> on one, and I'm like Aah! and I finally balanced myself and, I, and the fear of that just made me tuck it and I said I'm going to get to the bottom and I'm going to stop I didn't stop when I got to the bottom. I wiped out so horrifically. I ended up in the safety netting at no. the end of
2: the mountain. Right? Yeah, he ended up in the uh, open, to
0: wide world of sports. I did. People who saw it, people said it was spectacular. The agony. Of it defeat. was spectacular. What happened to me? And now, listen. So everybody was in line for the lift, and they saw this happen. I could almost hear them gasping when <laughs> I when I came to a finish, and I realized nothing on me was broken. I started laughing out loud. I started laughing like Wolf talking about the Diamondbacks. I started laughing maniacally because I'm like, I just, I got away with this. Yeah. I got away with this. But I was quite literally
3: wrapped in the orange safety netting. Wow. Or maybe you actually died then and the rest of this all is a... (laughs) Like one of those weird TV shows that (laughs) that you've been imagining your life ever since. That would be very possible. But
0: I I would like to see you ski, Jarrett, because you are tricky athletic. People would look at you and not think you were athletic. Yeah. Like that for what it's worth. I look you at you and I think you don't look athletic. He's a good athlete. He is a good athlete. From what now, I've seen. First, that first softball game we played, he had a grand slam in his first bet. I didn't win. Raced around that. the bases what? and I was like, wow, but I
3: just, did not expect that. A man can hit a golf ball, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm just horrendously impossibly out of shape right now.
2: See if you can outdrive the amazing wall-whacker guy! <laughs> Coming up next, we'll hit some social studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Barada Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.